been a junkie, I just dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just dropped a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they crowd. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. And you're just getting us this week. Uh, we don't have a guest uh, scheduled tonight. But uh, to start off, before we get into the fantasy football, we did want to talk about a recent guest we did have on. Uh, if you're on Twitter and the fantasy community or listen to any podcasts, you're probably aware James the Brain Catullus, uh unfortunately passed away this past weekend. And it's uh, obviously a very sad, sad thing. And uh, Dustin and I both were in, a, I know, at least one league together with them. We were both in Trade Addicts 3 with them. As I said, he was a recent guest on the podcast. I'm really happy to have gotten to podcast with him. And he's just the nicest guy you could meet. He uh, he was just great on that show. I said to Dustin after that show that it was one of the most uh, fun post shows uh, we ever had with him and, and Ethan and Brian after that show. And it, uh, our, our prayers and condolences and thoughts go out to his family uh, there, I know there is there has been circulating a, a PayPal to contribute. If you see that, uh, I do urge you to do that. I know in uh, Trade Addicts Three, we're donating the the whole, I believe, the whole money pool to his family. I think it, actually it's already been done. So just want to give a shout out to James. What a great guy he was. What a great podcaster he was. Very smart, and we're gonna miss him dearly. Dustin, any uh, thoughts you want to give on on James? Yeah, uh, hearing the news on Sunday when I heard it, it shook me pretty hard. James is, it, he's just an amazing guy. When I, all my interactions with him, I've just loved talking to him, loved being around him. Um, it has been awesome to see how much this community has come together and um, how much they've supported his family. And, you know, we're seeing all the Twitter handles out there with Brainiac. Um, and the, the avatars. Yeah, all, all the avatars. Yeah. And it's, so it's amazing to see, but like, it, it's definitely definitely hurts um i i haven't stopped thinking about it since it since i found the news out on sunday um so my prayers and thoughts are just with with his family and his and his friends out there um and just rest in peace james yeah it's it's very sad and it's kind of a weird transition to go into fantasy football but james loved fantasy football i'm sure he'd he'd want people to keep talking about it so that's what we're going to do tonight we are recording here so um we're going to start with our fantasy face-off fantasy face-off as we always do and this week uh as we'll mention later on one of the big stories was a lot of big tight end games this week so we decided we'd do a, a tight end fantasy face-off and two of the big week two performances uh were Johnu smith and tyler higby and uh so we pulled it on twitter as we always do over 700 votes and I was a little surprised by the results because I, th I thought Higby might win because he, he had more hype coming into the season than had the big game this past week. But Janu won it by almost two to one, 63% Janu and 37% Tyler Higby. Uh, I guess I'll give my take on this first, um, which I, I'm going, I'm agreeing with Twitter and going Janu here. I wasn't really buying into to the Higby hype coming into the season based off the small sample from last year. And I'm still not off of this game. It was, it was, you know, largely three TDs. So it was TD based and last year's uh, run to end the season was driven by volume. He actually had one TD, but he had 44 targets. 
Uh, a lot of catches and yards. That's what fueled that. And he's not getting that so far this season. Only nine targets these first two games. Just three of them happen to be touchdowns. And Janu, um, I mean, his first couple of games here is also TD driven. He's got three over those first two games. Um, but he's has seen a few more targets than Higby, 12 to 9. And as the more athletic guy, I definitely I can see him doing more with those targets than, than Higby will. Uh, and uh, he's also two years younger. And, and he also, um, this actually, I mean, started back to last year. Uh, researching this a little bit, I looked at and uh, Delaney's injury last year when he went out for the season and when Tannehill came in coincided almost exactly around week seven. And uh, through week six, uh, Janu had only three points, about three points a game in tight end premium. And then from then on, it went up to 11.4. So we'd already been been starting to see it come through that. That already made him a low tight end one in points per game. And I can see him progressing. He's still only 25. Um, so I'm going to go Janu. Dustin, uh, which one are you taking? It's pretty close for me. I was right there with you that I didn't believe in Higby. I thought Everett was going to be more involved, but Everett hasn't been involved at all this, this season. I think he has like two or three targets total. So I'm, I, I think I'm still going with Janu just because I think he has a more clear path to targets in that offense. The Rams offense still has a lot of weapons and I could see Higby disappearing some games. Um, I, if you look at his game one, like nothing, nothing to write home about. I, I see him having more games that, of that. And outside of AJ Brown, if he's on the field and, and Corey Davis hit or miss, they don't have anybody else. So I think Higby's going to be more of an uh, integral part of that offense. And you said he's, like you said, he's younger, he's a little bit more athletic. So I just think that, that Janu is going to just stay involved in that offense more. So I'm going to go with Janu, but it's really close for me. I'm probably like, you know, 55, 45, right in that range. Like, it, I, I can't, I wouldn't blame anyone for taking Higby, um, especially with not seeing Everett, like really being a factor at all. But I'll take Janu here. And like, like I said, obviously I agree with you and, and Twitter agrees with you. So everybody, uh, you know, if, if anybody's still buying into the Higby hype, go trade him for Johnny, I guess. Um, <laughs> or maybe Johnny plus if they're really buying into the Higby hype. We'll move on then to our commissioner corner. Commissioner corner. And this week we are doing commissioner corner. I, I mentioned last week's episode, you know, some weeks we will, some weeks we won't. But I saw an interesting uh, tweet. Um, that regarded a commission issue, and I thought we could use it here. So I'll just read the tweets from at uh, John McGlynn 75 on Twitter, and he put, a guy traded away Julio Jones to get Corey Davis and James Robinson. This was last Wednesday, so post-week one. So James Robinson had the decent game week one, had an even better game this week, but that hadn't happened yet. But uh, the league uh, had some obvious backlash, and the Jones owner quit. I had to replace the Jones owner and I reversed the trade to let the new owner choose. And he asked Twitter for thoughts. So Dustin, you think he made the right move here? I, I went back and forth on this one quite a bit. I read all the comments in the thread and I'm a big believer in the never veto, never reverse a trade unless there's collusion. And I still, uh, I still go with that. But on this in this situation, I think the the commissioner made the right call by reversing the trade after the Jones owner quit. And you know, if you go through the the tweet in the comments and read through, he says that he would have kept the trade had the owner stayed. He wouldn't have reversed it. It was only the fact that the owner left uh, the league afterwards, and he wanted to give the the owner taking over um, his his player back to make the decision that for that trade. I think that's the right call. Um, reading through the comments, it doesn't look like there's collusion involved, but you could easily see like an owner making a bad trade like this and then deciding to quit. And then you have to replace that owner. And until you know for sure that there's collusion or not, the right decision is to, to reverse the trade in this situation. Uh, reading through the comments, Scott fish agreed, Ryan McDowell agreed. And those are two of the, um, you know, they run the commission of possible podcasts and two of the best commissioners out there. And they both would have done the same thing. Um, and I'm right there. Um, it, 
outs, outside of what he should have done, it, it was a horrific trade. So I understand like giving the new owner um, his, his main piece back to try to make a move. Um, it's, it's hard to bring in an owner with that much drama after just losing probably one of your best pieces. So I get why he reversed it. And I, and I'm in full agreement there. What do you think Rocky? Are you on the same side? Yeah. And tw- Twitter, I just want to mention that Twitter agreed as well, because he did poll it and, and uh, they it, it came out 64% to 36% that it was the right move. And I agree with you, Twitter, Ryan and Scott. So um, I think, like you said, the big distinction there is that, it was a new owner coming in that the guy quit right after making this horrible trade. Um, I'm not really sure, you know, what was going on there. I was, I don't know if he was just so ridiculed that he, he decided he didn't want to deal with it or what, but uh, the fact that he quit, I don't think it's fair to the new owner to have to deal with that, that horrible trade. So uh, I'm in agreement with all of you as well. I, I just don't see, any any negative to reversing the trade and i'm with you too i'm definitely i see twitter questions all the time um about you know should i should this trade go through should this be vetoed and i'm hashtag never veto myself so uh, if like like you said if the owner had stayed i'd be all about just letting it go through people make bad trades but uh, it's not fair to the new owner coming in to have to deal with somebody else's bad trade yeah um i was trying to think back if i had really seen this happen i've never seen this type of scenario happen so that's why it took me a little bit to like wrap my head around it but you know you just never know if there is collusion behind the scenes and and kind of what's happening and so like you know i i feel like this might be like an amendment to my to my bylaws and scott fish actually put a uh uh excerpt from his bylaws into the the feed on twitter with what his wording is on there so i may adapt some of my bylaws around that i don't think i'll see it happening uh, most of my leagues have are been with a lot of the same people uh, mostly and i see them like all over the place um and they're it's about the same group of guys so i don't see it happening but i think i want to still add that in there to protect myself yeah i agree and uh yeah i agree i also think i don't think i've ever seen this happen like you said i think we've both been lucky as commissioners we've had a lot of good guys in our league and and we have a lot of overlap i think between some of our leagues and i've never had anybody leave uh, mid-season after making a trade so uh the uh, same as you, I was kind of thinking about how I would handle this because I've never had to deal with it before, but I definitely think it's the right right thing to, re- to reverse the trade. So that was a nice little commission, interesting commission topic to discuss this week. Hopefully we'll have some more in season, um, but like I said, not necessarily every week. So now we'll move into the main portion, the dynasty strategy portion of the show. Dynasty strategy. And this week... Last week and probably most weeks, we were kind of starting with some of the injuries and then going into some of the stories of the week. But the, this week, kind of the injuries were the story of the week. So we're going to get into a lot of that, talk about what they mean and what we're doing with some of these guys. So uh, the, the the big ones were, uh, you know, the 101 and 102 in uh, in, the, in most startups this offseason. Saquon and CMC. Saquon has the MCL. I mean, I'm sorry, ACL. And we'll be out for the season. So, uh, Dustin, uh, what do you think with Saquon? Are you, if you're a contender, are you looking to move off of Saquon and try and get another running back, or uh, are you holding and and waiting for next year? I think right now, if I'm a contender, I'm still going to try to hold Saquon. There's been a lot of panic out there on Twitter right now with a bunch of owners. And I think right now, if you were to sell Saquon, you're not going to get anywhere near his value for him. I am a little worried about Saquon, not because uh, he's had an ACL and then he had his injury last year. I just, I don't know what that team is going to look like. And he seems to keep being put in those situations where injury may happen. And that team, he's still not even able to be productive with that team. So I'm 
I'm concerned about the long-term outlook of Saquon. And it's crazy to think like next year when he's healed from his ACL, he'll be going into his fourth season already. I know. And yeah. So he'll have one more year until he's a free agent. So um, I'm definitely not selling Saquon for cheap, but I'm not opposed to moving off of Saquon as well. Um, I just, I don't know that the giants are really going to ever do him any favors and he's going to be put in those situations. And he wasn't producing before the injury. Now it's a small sample size, but if we look at week one, like he didn't produce against Pittsburgh and, and we, we say, Oh, it's because it's Pittsburgh, but Melvin Gordon did last week. Melvin Gordon looked really good against Pittsburgh last week. So um, it's different teams and, and different offenses, but still I'm, I am worried about just the outlook around the giants more than Saquon but obviously he plays for the Giants and that's going to hurt him going forward. Um, it's a tough situation though. Um, what do you think? I agree with the point about the offense. Um, he definitely, I mean, it's the offensive line is not very good and that's definitely going to hurt him. Uh, I don't know how much it'll improve by next year. Uh, he will still only be 24 and like you said, I'm not too worried, even though he had the, the you know the major injury this year, the injury last year. That stuff can happen, and then uh, guys can go on to have long injury-free careers. I, Frank Gore was a banged up early in his career, and, and he's still going at 36 and never gets hurt anymore. So um, I, I, I'm not too worried about the injuries. I, I wouldn't mind. I, I actually have thrown out a couple offers in leagues where I'm a contender, and I have Saquon. Um, nothing's happened yet, uh, but I, I don't mind moving off of him. I, like you said, he is going into his fourth year. I think Saquon's the kind of guy who's going to be around a while, but it's still he's uh, it, it's still and he he doesn't have a lot of tread on this tire. So I'm fine holding him too. I mean, I think it can go either way. Uh, if if you think you're confident enough in your roster that you can contend without Saquon, I, it might be hard to do that. So like in one league, I. One league where but this is a sort of a special uh, circumstance, but uh, an Empire League where I won last year, I've definitely been trying to move them because I'm I'm trying to you know win the the, the double uh, the pot after the double win. So, um, but in a normal league, I'm fine holding on to them. But uh, to that point, I did want to go. Uh, Ryan McDowell, after it happened, put out a bunch of tweets of different running backs. Would you trade Saquon for this? So, so I'm going to assume you're a contender who's who's probably trading with a rebuilder because uh, you know if it's another contender they, they they don't necessarily want a running back who's out for the rest of the year either. So assuming you're a contender, I wanted to throw some of these names that Ryan put out there at you, sort of like the ADP game, and, and would you trade Saquon for this guy? So the first one he put out is uh, Saquon for Zeke. Um, probably, I, I don't think I would trade Saquon for Zeke unless I was a, a, a contender. Like if I'm a contender, that's what I'm assume I, all these, you're a contender. And yes, I would. Yeah, that's the, so I agree on that one as well. I would, I would take Zeke. Uh, I, I love Zeke for 2020. I think he's going to put up a monster year, but, uh, so Saquon for Kamara. Yes. <laughs> That one's tougher for me. Like I'm not the biggest Camara fan out there. He he has games where he disappears because he's not a traditional running back. Right. And but I if I'm a contender, I need I need a running back this year, and I think Camara is still going to put up points this year. And, and he's, so he's looking yeah, really good so far. He didn't. He scored two twice in the first game, but his carries and his receptions weren't really there. Like he didn't look that good with the ball this last week. He looked great. Right. Um, so I would do that deal reluctantly, but I would do it. Yeah. I'm with you on that one too, as well. Uh, even though, yeah, Kamara's Kamara's a little older than Saquon, but also doesn't have a lot of tread because he doesn't, he doesn't work like a traditional running back and avoids a lot of hits with those, with all those catches in the receiving game, not running it up the gut. So, I agree with you on that one as well. I would go Kamara um, if I was a contender. Here's an interesting one. Saquon for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Not yet. I'm going to hold Saquon. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. This one and um, the next one I'm going to give you, I'm not even sure you know another team would do it because 
do you have CEH or Jonathan Taylor? I'm not sure you, you even if you're rebuilding, you can hold on to those guys and and rebuild with them. I don't know that you need to trade for Saquon, that the difference is so great um, that you will just give up one of those guys. But what about JT? Would you trade Saquon for JT? I might do it for JT. Um, I I have JT over CEH, and I think JT will probably be in the top five running backs next year at the end of the season. I love JT and I love his fit in that offense. And I think he's going to produce for the rest of the year. And he's the type, like if I'm a contending team, he's going to help you win. And he's younger than Zeke and he's going to be in that same situation again next year. So I think I'm going to take JT there. And we're agreeing way too much <laughs> because I, I would take, I think I would take JT there. And Cl- I, I don't think I said this a minute ago, but I, the Clyde one is really close to me because I think he will produce this year. And, and like you said about Jonathan Taylor, you're getting, uh, you know, you're buying a bunch of years back as well. But I still want to see more of Clyde Edwards Hilaire to see how that plays out. And I, it's really close, though. I wouldn't, I, I, it's close. JT is easier for me, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I would think about. Uh, here's an interesting one. Not not running back that that Ryan put out there. Saquon Barkley or Michael Thomas? Saquon. Just uh, age for Thomas and the fact that he's hurt now too. Or it's age, his injury. Breeze hasn't been looking good, so I don't know what it like. Same comments for Kamara. I don't know what that offense is going to be like with Breeze. Like if you've been watching him, he can't get the ball down the field. Like he hasn't looked good. And Michael Thomas, yes, it's only one game. It's a small sample size, but he had three targets in his first game. And that was before the injury. The injury came at the end of the game that I just, you know, it's, it's so hard to buy elite running backs in, in dynasty right now that right now they're both injured. We don't know how long Michael Thomas is out, but I'm going to hold on to Saquon there. Dustin, you got to answer one of these incorrectly so I can disagree with you. Um, but yeah, I'm agree with you. Basically, for kind of the reason you said, it's just that receiver is is a lot easier to. I'm not a Michael Thomas, but receiver production in general is just, I think, easier to come by at this point than uh, elite um, running it's back so production right now too. It's yeah. just like you can get, yeah, like you won't get a Michael Thomas, but you can get starting receivers late in your drafts or for way cheaper than you can get any any running backs like. Yes, right now, uh, Saquon's value is down, but once we see him in the offseason and he's out there practicing, putting out his videos on on, on Twitter or whatever, like his value is going to skyrocket back up. And I don't know that Tom, like Michael Thomas has already peaked value-wise. He's not going right. to gain any more value for you. And so that's why I'm with Saquon. Yeah, and on that value point, I mean, I think, I think come you know next startup season, next you know April May, Saquon will be right back up in the top five uh, as long as we're hearing decent reports about his, uh, you know, that there's no issues, no setbacks, nothing like that, uh, because he is still young, and, and it, it's almost in a way kind of a bonus. I think he only has about 400 carries or so in his career. Um, so he's, he doesn't have, you know, he's going to be a 24-year-old running back who doesn't have much tread on his tires. And ACLs aren't, you know, a death knell or anything like that at this point, you know, the way medical technology is nowadays. So I agree with you on the value. I think, you know, once we get through this, you know, right now this value is down because everybody wants points. But once we get to next offseason, next non-point scoring season, he'll be right back, I think, pretty close, if not all the way up to where he was. Um. So let's go through a couple more, and then then we can uh, move on to some other topics. But Saquon Barkley or Dalvin Cook? Barkley. Yeah, I'm with Barkley. I think that's a pretty easy one. Dal- Dalvin has his own injury issues, and uh, and is also you know in his his uh, fourth year already. So It'll be uh, 26 next next season. So oh, wow, I, yeah, 25. yeah. So I think Saquon's got two years on him then. Oh, here's a here's an interesting one because I know you like this guy, Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs. I, I knew that's where you're gonna go. <laughs> it's still Barkley for me, but if I was, well, I guess you said a contender. That one's close. 
I think I'm still Saquon. Um, I have been, I love what I've been seeing out of Jacobs. You already know that he still had another, I think four or five targets this last week. Um, some of the other running backs were a little bit more involved in the target game, but uh, he had three targets, but he caught all three targets. Um, so he's got nine targets through two games, which is fantastic for Jacobs. He's got 52 carries. So like he's going to be the workhorse. He's going to get opportunities. Um, so I wouldn't hate anybody for doing that. And you could probably get something added on to Jacobs for Barkley, but it's still Barkley for me just because he's a, still a superior talent. I thought I might disagree with you on this one because I thought you were going to go Jacobs, but it was I'm close. with you. It was yeah. close. I'm with you, Barkley, and I, I I definitely am coming around on Jacobs, but I'm still, I don't think, quite as high as you are. So that one's a, a pretty easy call for me. Uh, maybe if I could get Jacobs plus, like you said, I, I might be interested. But otherwise, I'd rather just hold on to Saquon. And uh, the last one from this string of tweets uh, that Ryan put out was uh, another receiver, Saquon or Devontae Adams. And again, I think the receiver thing, we're both going to go Saquon yeah. again. Okay. I mean, I, I love Adams. I He's been looking good this season so far. But I just, you know, he's already going to be, he's getting up there. He's got those lingering soft tissue injuries. And I just, you know, I'm I'm going to pay for the elite running back. I'm not going to trade any elite running back for a wide receiver. And, well, I, and, I didn't put this on the sheet, but I just thought of this. So would you move Saquon for picks? Just picks. If I was a contender, no, because yeah. it's still not going to do anything for me. Like, but so it basically has to be another really high end running back or nothing. Yeah, like there's no at that point. There's no reason for me to trade Saquon. Um, getting multiple first for him, you're gonna you can get that deal whenever. Like, so right now it's not going to do anything for me now. I can maybe get those picks to then flip for players if I need, if I am contending, but I, I feel like I can still do that with Saquon. And, um, and you could probably it, get more picks or better picks in the off season than, yeah. than now when people aren't going to, you know, want Saquon because he's, as much, because he's not giving them points. Exactly. Like in this draft class is shape, shaping it to be okay, but who knows on 2022. And I just, I would rather take the sure thing with, with Saquon. Um, if it's three plus picks, then I might think about it. Um, but it would have to it would have to be a significant overpaying pick pick wise to move Saquon because he's a general generational talent that you're not gonna find again in the draft. And there's not there's not a Saquon even a Saquon light in the draft next year. So Oh, definitely not, no. Um and I was going to move on, but one other question occurred to me as I'm looking at this. Uh, if you're the rebuilding team, because I, I think it only makes sense to get Saquon if you're kind of in a rebuild and still think Saquon has, you know, quite a few years left since he's still, like we said, young and not a lot of tread. Would you move any of the three young running backs we said for Saquon? Would you move CEH? Would you move JT? Would you move Josh Jacobs? I don't think I would. I don't think it's a deal I would have to make if I'm a rebuilding team because I still want that youth. And I like all three of their situations better than Saquon. Like, just from a, a team and an offense standpoint, like all three, the Raiders offense is looking really good. Indy, like Jonathan Taylor's in a great situation and then quite over to with the Chiefs. Like, I don't know that it's a deal I would have to make. And if I'm rebuilding, like, I want to keep those extra years. Like, like points now is still worth more than points in the future. And I could see, especially in JT's case, like I see JT being pretty equal to Saquon anyways. Um, so I would, I wouldn't do JT maybe CH and Jacobs, but I don't know. I don't feel like I would need to make that deal. Cause I'm not going to be gaining much really. I'm just losing a couple of years. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I see. I see what you're saying. I'm losing a couple of years. I, you know, because we still disagree a little bit. I think I would do Jacobs. I would do Jacobs for Saquon just because I think the talent level is that much higher with Saquon. I get what you're saying about the situation, um, but he's he's still produced. It hasn't been great the entire his entire career, and he, he's still produced. He's got such high receiving upside. 
uh, JT, I definitely would not. And CEH, like for you, is, is super close for me. Uh, I tend to think I wouldn't if I was a rebuilding team just because because he is on the best offense in the league, and there's there's no indication that they won't be the best offense or one of the best offenses in the league for quite a few years. And and you get the you know you have the extra years, and and Ceh is locked in there for five years since he was a first round pick. They can pick up that fifth year option. So uh, at least we disagreed a little bit at the end there. But um, yeah, I would probably I would probably give up Jacobs for Saquon. Um, you just ruined it. <laughs> no, like we're I'm, agreeing on everything. I'm still back and forth on on that one. Like you're still not gonna, you wouldn't be able to buy Saquon back later. Um, so if, if somebody's willing to do it right now, I probably would because Saquon's still young enough. But JT, I, I wouldn't. I don't see any situation right now where I would give them straight up, give up JT for Saquon. Um, and CH is, it kind of just depends on team makeup, not just rebuild, but like just do I have high upside guys and or and I need a floor or what's that look like for me? Um, but I'd probably give up Jacobs for him. Okay, so that was a, that was a lot on Saquon. So we're still going to kind of stay in New York um, just to get your thoughts on how that backfield is going to shake out. Is what do you think? Is the De- Devonte Freeman going to be viable? Is he going to take over the backfield, or is it going to be a messy three-way split with him, Gallman, and Lewis? Um, my feeling is I kind of think Freeman is a maybe not washed up, but definitely sort of a shell of what he used to be. And I don't think he had he's talented enough at this point in his career to take command of that backfield, and I. I think the other guys will be involved. Uh, he may he may have more pass catching upside than the other two. Although Deion Lewis isn't bad in that area, so that probably three. But I definitely uh, I don't really have much interest in any of them. Yeah, I I'm a little um. I'm a little interested in Freeman. I do think that he's probably washed up as a running back, but I think, you know, if we look at Saquon and kind of what he was doing, he was catching the ball and he was being that security blanket and the kind of that dump off for, um, for Daniel Jones and Freeman, we know he can catch the ball and he's a great pass catcher. I'm not worried about Dion Lewis. Um, I think Freeman will be in as, you know, a two down, three down back getting, he'll, he'll get you know, 12 to 15 carries and catch five, six balls a game. He's not going to be super valuable, but I think he will be serviceable. I just think like his skill set aligns with that offense. Like they, they're not going to be able to run the ball and they're going to have to pass and pass to the running back. And in Freeman, that's where he is good is catching the ball out of the backfield. So I, I think he's going to have some, some value there. Um, I would pay if I was a contending team or a team that just lost Saquon. I'd give up a second, second for Freeman, um, to because I, I think he he will be a flex worthy starter. I don't think he's going to be your running back one or two, but he, he's somebody you can put in your flex because he's just going to have that passing volume. I definitely think he'll be the most valuable of the three, but I'm not sure I'd even go to a second. Uh, I just for some of the reasons you cited about worries about Saquon going forward. Um, this, the, you know, all those things hold true for all three of those backs this year, and they're not nearly as good. So I'd probably hold off on a second. Um, I'd rather just, if, if you can get one of them off waivers, sure, I'll spend some fab on them and just in case. But uh, it, it, I don't think anybody's going to sell Freeman for a third at this point. They're probably all excited that he actually has a job if they already have him on his roster. So I wouldn't pay a second, but, um, I would only if I absolutely have to, like with all the running back injuries that are happening, like if you need a running back, I'm fine paying that second form. Like if you're if you're in the playoffs or contending or you're looking like you're going to be in the playoffs or contending, like you're going to have to do it for one of these running backs. And he's he, I'm, I'm fine paying that. Like you're not going to with all the injuries going on and, and everything else in the league, you're not going to be able to get one of these guys for a third you're just not going to be able to. Right. So I'm fine paying the second because you're going to have to regardless if you're really trying to, to contend like this year is going to be, we haven't even seen any COVID stuff yet, but like be, have to be willing to overpay on some of these guys 
just to field a field a lineup. Okay. Uh, finally, moving on from Saquon in New York, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, out for a month uh, at least. I think they said four to six weeks. He was put on IR, so he's out at least the next three weeks. Won't be back for four weeks. What do we think of Mike Davis? I'm actually kind of him. I'm a little more higher on actually than Devontae Freeman. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I have no interest in uh, Mike Davis. <laughs> I saw him in Seattle. He wasn't. He was okay for a couple of games. Like I'm, I'm just not really interested. If anybody's willing to give me a second or a third for him, I'm, I'm willing to move him for that. I, I don't have any shares of him anywhere. I didn't try to get him off waivers anywhere. I'm just not that, not that interested in Mike Davis. Really interested that you are for some reason, but I just. I don't think that team is really going anywhere and they're going to be, I think they're just going to be passing the ball more instead of worrying about giving it to Mike Davis. He'll still get carries, but not interested. I agree with what you said about passing the ball more, but he also got eight catches and eight targets this past week after, uh, after McCaffrey. Well, I don't know if all that was after McCaffrey went out, but uh, with the injury there and, I just think he's going to have nice. I mean, I had to look up to see that Trenton Cannon is the apparently the uh, next running back in line on the depth chart. I I don't even really know who Trenton Cannon is. So I just think he's going to have that work. Nice workload. I mean, it's not going to be he's not going to be anywhere near Christian McCaffrey, obviously. And uh, I'm sure they'll work Cannon and anybody else if they sign somebody in. But I think he is going to be the main guy for at least a month there. I think he's got some pass catching upside. I would rather own him over Devontae Freeman. I'm not rushing out to buy him. I actually happen to have him on on, on several rosters, and uh, most of them actually are contending. So I'm, I'm holding him there, and I'm willing to start him for the next month or so. Um, I do think I have him on one rebuilding roster, and I would definitely sell him. Uh, I, I would probably try and get a second. I, maybe the Mac, McCaffrey owner will give you a second. But uh, I definitely think he has he doesn't have the season long upside because McCaffrey's going to be back in four to six weeks. But I think when he's playing, I like him more than Freeman. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not there. Like I know he looked good in in this last game, eight catches for seventy four yards. Like I know he looked good. I just I'm not I'm not really that interested in him. I just I don't think he's going to be really that effective. I don't think he's going to be a guy that you can start. I don't think there's any upside with there. I see at least some upside with Freeman, so that's why I'm, I'm going with Freeman. I just don't see that same upside with Davis. So he just has that upside. I know he's got he's more injury prone, but I just think that he has he just has an op- he has more of an opportunity, um, and he's got rest of season value an opportunity that Mike Davis doesn't have. That's for sure that he has the uh, the upside the the uh, the more the season long upside, but we'll have to agree to disagree. Uh, I just think while they're both playing, I think I would rather start Mike Davis over Devontae Freeman. Uh, maybe I'm just overly negative on on where Freeman at is at at this point, um, but it's more just the volume thing. I just think I I don't see that there's going to be a lo- Again, maybe Trenton Cannon is better than I know, or they just don't trust Mike Davis enough to, to give him that much of a workload. But I just think he's going to have a lot more volume than Freeman, especially because Freeman just got signed this week, and he's going to have to get up to speed. So at least for the next month, while they're both playing, I would rather have Davis. But the, the, the next injury we're going to talk about is Cortland Sutton, which I know is one of your guys, out for the year with a knee injury. Uh, t- to me, it is kind of a... Uh, quite a hit in his value for me just because I'm worried that with this whole year uh, without Sutton, Judy's going to be able to establish his value. Fans going to be able to establish his value. It's kind of something I was already worried about coming into the season, but with Judy being a rookie and we weren't sure, you know, how much Fant was going to progress. I think we all kind of assumed Sutton would still be the alpha and would get his. I'm just a a little worried with them being being able to establish themselves as much of an integral part of the offense as we expect, that it will be spread around so much next year that um, it's gonna it's just gonna hurt his value and hurt his production. Uh, so, what do you think? I'm really bummed about it. Like I, I love Sutton. Um, he was my guy, but I, I do think that there's a a pretty decent chance Judy takes over. Like it's really crazy how 
much things have changed for this team. Like I was really excited for, for what Denver could bring. And now, you know, Locke is hurt. Sutton's out for the year. We didn't even see him in the first game because of his injury. So it's just Judy's looked pretty good. I know he, he took a big hit, but then he had a couple of drops, but he's looked like a, a really polished route, route runner. And he looks like he's going to be a good pro in the league. Um, so I think, you know, we could see, I, I don't think Sutton's going to completely go away. He's still young. Um, ACL isn't as big of a deal as it once was. So I, I see him still coming back. But with Fant and Judy already there, I just don't know what he's going to walk back into. And it it definitely elevates Judy and Fant for me the rest of the year. Um, but I think you can buy, right now, I think you should, would be a time to buy Sutton. You can probably get him for a single first or a second right now to stash for next year because I, I, he's not going to go away. I think he'll still have value next year. Um, but I was really bummed to see the injury. I mean, yeah, he's definitely still going to have value. I, I'm not even sure... I, I wasn't as quite as high on him as you were, like I said, just because of the all the weapons there. And I, I think I don't know if I'd be buying, but um I, I get why, you know, he'll definitely be cheaper than he would have otherwise. And I, I I really think I kinda like this for Fant. I mean, we've already seen Fant look really good in these first two games. Um he's he's kind of the big body guy there now. So I like it for him and Judy's definitely gonna get a chance to show what he can do. Uh, the obviously you mentioned it. The other uh, Denver injury is Drew Locke. Uh, looks like he's going to be out at least a couple weeks, maybe a little bit longer. And I kind of like Driscoll a little bit as a fill-in. Uh, he performed pretty well in Detroit last year, and uh, you know this. I've talked about this. This is why I I don't always necessarily worry about quarterbacks because you can occasionally get a Driscoll off waivers. Um, you know my whole super flex takes, but. Uh, he, he performed pretty well last year at 220 plus games with Detroit. And I don't know if a lot of people realize that he actually has uh, some rushing upside, you know, rushing floor anyway. Uh, he had 151 yards in the three starts he got last year. So I definitely think he's a guy you could start if you're not great at quarterback or if you only have uh, two and, and one of them's got a bad matchup and, and Driscoll's got a good matchup. Uh, I kind of like Driscoll as a fill-in. What do you think of Driscoll? Yeah, actually, I think I think Driscoll's he's he's serviceable. Like, um, like he he threw for two touchdowns and two hundred fifty six yards after coming in against the Steelers. Like, that's not easy to do. Like, he looked pretty good at um, the end of the season with Detroit last year. Like you talked about, like you could do worse. Um, I'm actually now thinking that maybe we should have accepted that trade um, <laughs> in, in the listener in our listener league. Um, but it's a little bit too much. But yeah, I think he's serviceable. Like I, I, but we are also on this podcast. We're not as big in on luck or on lock as as other people. Um, so I don't know that the offense will take that much of a hit at the quarterback situation. Um, if both, if Locke was still there without Sutton as well, like if if everything was the same, I, I don't think there would be that much of a difference between the two. Um, so I'm fine with. Um, Driscoll as a as a quarterback too, um, for a couple of weeks until Locke comes back. Like he has the Jets this week. Like I would definitely start him this week against the Jets. Patriots next week I don't love, but then he's got the Dolphins and the Chiefs, and then a week eight bye. Like I think we could see him start all of those games, all four of those games. Um, so three of them are Jets, Dolphins, and Chiefs. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that stretch right there. Maybe we should be trying to work that offer before this podcast comes out tomorrow. Maybe, maybe, maybe we, uh, for people who are listening, it was Driscoll for a second, and we're down lock in that league. And uh, maybe we offer uh, uh, a second for Driscoll and a third. Yeah, I'll send it right now. Okay, Jerry's, see what Jerry's probably not awake right now, but you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, across the pond. So. Uh, we may have to wait till tomorrow. So make sure we get an answer on that trade before you put this out, Dustin. <laughs> no worries. Um, and uh, another one of the injuries, uh, Paris Campbell looked like he was, might be a breakout this year for the Colts out, uh, quote unquote, indefinitely with the MCL and PCL issue. Uh, I'm pretty bummed about this one. I have Paris Campbell on a few rosters. He's a guy you can get super cheap this off season. Um, I do. Do you think it helps anybody in particular on this? I mean, I think maybe it could. He was kind of the slot guy, so maybe help. We saw Mo Ali Cox 
uh, ball out this week with no uh, Doyle or or Campbell there, so maybe it helps the tight ends. What do you think? Yeah, I'm really I'm really boned about Campbell as well. Like I I was talking him up that I thought he was going to be a breakout, and then he looked really good in week one, and I was just really bummed. Um, I don't know who this is going to go to. Like maybe Pittman gets more involved. Um, they, I mean they took him in the second round. So maybe this is that opportunity for him to get get, get more involved in the offense. Um, maybe Hilton finally gets some more work in. Like he hasn't looked good through the first two weeks. Right. He's been disappointing. Um, yeah, I, I, am not buying in completely to the Mo Alley Cox. I know everybody is on that bandwagon because he had a huge game. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't see that offense running a two tight end set. Like so. And right now, with all the other Titans dinged up, like there's not going to be another Titan really on the field. So I'm not really worried about that. I think it's just going to be more maybe Hilton finally shows up in Pittman, and, and that's probably it. Zach Pascal is a little intriguing because you can get him for free. Um, and he he's he's flashed bef- before, and I think he True. I think he came in after Campbell and and had a couple catches um this last week. But he's just a guy that you can get completely free. Um, that I think is could be serviceable and could be uh, has some sneaky value. Um, but that's you know I think it's just going to be more. Like, we'll see some more Pittman and, and Hilton out there. Okay, well, let's just uh, there's only a, there's still a couple more injuries to go. That's how bad this week was. We'll just go through. Yeah, them so real-, really, really quick, looking up, uh, Pascal after Campbell left, he came in with he got four targets, uh, three catches, and a touchdown. So, um, yeah, th- there could be some value there. Pascal could be a sneaky, sneaky buy or waiver pickup there. Yeah, if he's still on waivers in some leagues. Um, Real quick, just the last couple injuries. Uh, Sterling Shepard, turf toe, already put on IR. I just, uh, to me, I, I, yeah, I'm not too worried about Shepard. You know, I have him on some rosters, but, I, you know, I wasn't expecting much to begin with, maybe wide receiver three production. I just think this makes it even better for, for Slayton that it's one less guy he has to contend with. Um, any other thoughts on the Shepard injury or Slayton or anybody else there, Angram? Yeah, no, um, I think it definitely prov- um, is going to elevate Ingram and Slayton. We haven't seen Ingram like really break out, but I think just having that extra body off the field is. Gonna- Odd that you know uh, Jones has never had all those guys on the field. Still, never happened. Like, yeah, you know, it's crazy. Tate missed week one. <laughs> Shepard is uh, left week two. Like. He's never had all those weapons on the field. Now Saquon's gone. Like he's still not going to have all those weapons. Um, but yeah, it's Slayton and Ingram for me, and that's really about it. I I still think like if Golden Tate is still available in your league, I he's like you could probably still get him for a third. Um, I would do that. I, I it's not going to all go to Slayton, so I think Tate will have some value. But I'm not worried. I Shepard going down doesn't change really. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a good point made there. I think it probably helps Tate more than anybody because they're both probably best out of the slot, and uh, now Tate can just work that all by himself. And and like you said, nobody nobody really you know wants Tate even if they have him on the roster. So you might be able to get him for a third uh, before before he starts producing with Shepard out. Uh, you know, Shepard might be back in a month or so, but it could be a, a nice month here ahead for Golden Tate. I think. Uh, so last one, Jimmy G, uh, Nick Mullen season, man. <laughs> I, I know. I, you I love, <laughs> yeah. I love Nick Mullins. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see him starting at least, at least another week. Um, yeah, now high like ankle sprain might not be out that long. They're saying, but yeah, it's a high ankle. So you just never know. Um, and the only problem is, is Mullins is coming in with, with no Kittle, with no Debo, with like, with nobody really on on the team, with no Tevin Coleman, no uh, uh, Moster, like the whole team is just beat up right now. So he's not coming into a great situation. But I'll, I'll start him. I love I love Nick Mullins. I I think he should be the starter there. I'm I'm with Hogue that uh, that Mullins is 
is a superior quarterback to Jimmy G. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so give me give me some Mullins. I bought him everywhere. <laughs> I have so many shares of Mullins. I think he's my most owned player. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've never quite gotten the Mullins love. He did throw a pick after he came in. Uh, if you get him off waivers, fine. I wouldn't want to start him, but and, and I don't know how long Jimmy's going to be out. Uh, I've never been a big Jimmy fan, and the, and the the weapons there don't thrill me, especially without Debo there. So, um. It, it, what you know, Nick Mullins, whatever. But <laughs> uh, just a couple other topics we were going to talk about here. I'll just try and go through them real quick. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention wasn't the biggest story of the week because we are now through the injuries. But because you made a point to point out my my L's last week, I wanted to point out one of my W's at least through the first two games, which was Deontay Johnson. I'm sure I'm surely not the only guy that you know that liked Deontay Johnson this offseason, but I was super high on him. And uh, I put on the show sheet Pittsburgh's wide receiver one now because he, he's getting similar snaps to, to Juju. He's out-targeted him uh, 23 to 14 so far. One more catch only out of that, 32 more yards. Um, so uh, I kind of think that they're uh, at least 1A and 1B. What do you think? Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Like I, I love Deontay um, coming into the season. And he's his target share has been fantastic. I know his stat line in week one didn't look as good, but he, he had like what ten targets in the first week. Yeah. Um. So like his, I I'm right there with you on Deontay. So you're not taking the victory lap over me, <laughs> um, because I I was there with you. Um. I just I I like um I like Deontay. I think I think Juju's gonna walk. I don't think that they're gonna sign him. Um, Pittsburgh wants to sign that defense and they're going to be in the market for a quarterback. Uh, Big Ben, if he makes it through this year, only has one more year left on that contract and he's going to be almost 40 at that point. So they're going to want to pay their defense and get a quarterback. So I don't think Juju is going to be the guy. So I think Deontay is going to be the one to take over. Like that's why they went and drafted Claypool and they saw James Washington because Juju is going to walk. So, and we're, we're starting to see that now with Deontay. Like, so, um, I'm right there yeah. with you. Yeah, and I still love the idea of going out and buying him. You know, after these first couple of games, especially after this last week where he went for uh, eight for 92 and a touchdown, maybe his value's up a little. But I still, still think it's going to go even higher. I, I still don't think people are uh, valuing as high as he will go eventually, uh, as, as he does this more consistently. Again, when you when you see targets like that, I mean, not most, you know, it's not going to happen every week, but. Ten and thirteen, the first two weeks, double digit targets, two weeks in a row, is is a a major arrow up for me uh, on a guy, even if he hasn't had uh, you know a totally huge breakout game yet. Uh, even though this last week was pretty good. So uh, Jerry just accepted our trade. Oh, uh, <laughs> we gave up our second for Jeff Driscoll and a third, and that second's going to be late. So. Yeah, <laughs> and we only had we only had one quarterback uh, with, with Locke going down, so I like it. We're starting Driscoll this week. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and what so. Jerry's up apparently at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. So good for him. <laughs> uh, okay, and then uh, real quick, we'll do this last topic, then we'll go on to find me a trade, which was uh, we mentioned earlier in the fantasy faceoff uh, about how it was a big week for tight ends. And I listed some of these other guys uh, uh, that had good weeks. Uh, I didn't actually list this guy, but Jordan Reed was one of them. Uh, I'm not that really interested in him unless Kittle's out again. We talked about Moelle Cox, but what about uh, Gesicki and Dalton Schultz? Uh, Schultz, I think, was more of a fluke. It was kind of something like Chris Allen talked about last week where where the volume was uh, – he was talk- he was referring to Atlanta in week one – um, but the the volume kind of lifts all boats, and and it happened to lift the Schultz boat this past week. I, I don't see that really being something I'm I'm seeing him continue with going forward and being sustainable. There's too many other options there. Um, but Gesicki, I was really happy to see. He's a guy I've liked for a while. Uh, eight for I think 130 and a touchdown. And uh, there was a bit of a narrative that Chan Gailey won't use the tight end. He, he certainly did this past week. What do you think of these two? Um, I, I love Gusecki. Like I've, I've been on Gusecki since the combine. Um, I was one of those ones that was a big stain of his because of how he was looking, um, like 
just in the combine and the uh, measurements he's putting up. Um, but I think he fits that offense really well. And like, we haven't seen anything out of Preston Williams yet. I was just going to say that <laughs> Parker is looking, um, he's not looking like he did at the end of the year, but he's still looking like their wide receiver one. He's still pr uh, producing pretty well, but like, they don't really have anything else out of that. They don't really have anything in the running game at all. Like Howard's negative carries and they're giving it to miles Gaskin. <laughs> um, so I, I love Gusecki. Um, I think he's just going to continue to, to improve. So I'm right there with you. Not a lot of interest in Mo Alley Cox. Like he's been the, the Twitter darling for so long. I just, eh, eh. and like Schultz, like I think it was more of a necessity. I was in on Jarwin, um before his injury mm -hmm. but there's just so many weapons that i don't know where that's going to go and i don't think his his performance is going to be consistent week to week and uh just to go back to what you were saying about the miami receiving core one guy maybe to keep an eye on might be isaiah ford uh nine targets last week seven for 76 that was interesting preston williams only had five so be interesting to see how that plays out um you gonna say something oh no not at all Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, I have I have Isaiah Ford. I bought I picked him up before last week in quite a few of my leagues. Um, so I love hearing that name. But um, okay, so with that, I think we'll move on to find me a trade and finish up here. So let's get to our find me a trade. Find me a trade. It is um, actually you're going to go into the settings. I'll go into the roster, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah, so um, this roster was submitted by Chris Hardy, actually, of our listener league. So um, this team is a 10-team, 1QB. It's a 0.5 PPR, no tight end premium. Um, they're a 25-man roster uh, with five taxi. They start 10, um, a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end defense, and two flex. His team is the Monstars. Um, it said his team has been very frustrated. Started so last year, got hot at the end, and now he's 0-2 again. Right now, he feels like he's pay playing the pick-the-right-guy game each week, and he's been losing so far for th at least through two weeks. Um, but go ahead, and Rocky, go into his roster and then jump into your trade. Yeah, and we, we talked about this before the show. It, it, it's, it's, it's a really good roster. Um, he's got Drew Brees, Cam Newton with Justin Herbert on his taxi at quarterback, again, in a one QB league, so he's fine there. Uh, at running back, he's got uh, good talent and good depth. Kamara, Mixon, uh, David Johnson, Swift, uh, Bell on IR, James White, even Miles Gaskin, who's producing out of nowhere. Uh, at, at wide receiver, he's got uh, I'm sorry, he's got Chris Godwin, he's got Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, uh, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, Brandon Cooks, John Brown. So like I said, there's depth, there's high-end talent. Uh, again, a tight end, Zach Ertz, Tyler Higby, Rob Gronkowski. So uh, we both even said that, I, you know, we're not going to we did find some trades, but you could stand pat with this team. It's almost, I think, that the injury issues have really caused caused this guy to go 0-2. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas out for a game and uh, not performing that well in the first one. Chris Godwin out for a game and some other injuries here. But uh, since since we are doing a Find Me a Train segment, we're not just going to say stand pat. So, Dustin, why don't you get into the trade you found for him? Yeah, so I was looking through and I couldn't really figure out where to go with tr with trades because I, I love the team that he's put together and I think he's a, a pretty good team. So I think I'm not worried about being 0-2 and I think by the end of the season, his his picks will be pretty late. So, and Lucky Charms looks to be rebuilding. I think he had three firsts in two or three seconds already and not much talent there. So I had selling um, his 2021 first and second to Lucky Charms for David Montgomery and Debo or Will Fuller. Um, I think Debo, he's eligible to be back after this week. So he's only got one more week and then I think he'll be back. He was only on the three week IR and they don't really have anything else there. So I think there's a good chance that he comes back um, or getting fuller with his injury. But I think the real get right here is David Montgomery. I know he wasn't, he didn't look great last year. So a lot of people were, were pretty down on him, but he's been look, he's looked solid so far this season. Um, 
you know, he this last week he was 16 for 82, and then he got another three balls and a touchdown through the air. Um, so he's he's performing right now, and people aren't really paying attention yet. And I think you know, Bell is not a guy that I really want to rely on. So, you know, Kamara Mixon and then going with David Johnson and Montgomery right there, I think it, that's a really good running back room. And um, so I just like getting David Montgomery, and it's it's not a big deal, um, but I, I think you'd be winning by getting uh, Debo, buying Debo low or buying Will Fuller low right now. Uh, what do you think, Rocky? I think that I like that you picked this trade because I get to disagree with you for once. Uh, <laughs> uh, normally you're ripping my trades. I'm not going to, I like the process here because like you said, I think that picks to lucky charms makes some sense. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, we've spoken before. I'm not a big Montgomery fan. I know he's been okay so far. These first two games, uh, even Debo, I'm not that high on and fuller when he plays, I love him, but you know, who knows when he's going to play. I just, and the other thing it was, we'll see when I get into my trade, I'm not as concerned with depth in a 10 teamer. So, um, I, I kind of went a different way and, and unless you want to counter anything I said, I'll, I'll, you want me to get in my trade? No, I, and I, I get what you mean by getting depth. That isn't as important in a 10, 10 teamer. I do think this year is that year that depth would is more important. Like, we, we've already seen, like, a whole bunch of running backs go down. Mostert, Tevin, CMC, Barkley, Bell. Like, we've we've seen it already happening. So, if anything, this is the year that I think that depth does matter. Um, he still has Swift there. So, like, I, I think that this helps get him through some of the injuries and in bye weeks, and he could potentially move running backs later uh, to, to or package them to get a, another stud running back. But I do think that depth this year matters more than most. But I get what you're saying by giving up those picks for it. Um, it was more, I don't think he needs to make a deal. Um, it was me trying to find a deal for him to make. Um, that, that made that made sense. So, Right. And uh, just uh, and the other thing I would say there, though, is just to, I just think he already has a lot of depth too. But I'll get into my trade which is um, I kind of went the opposite way, which was uh, I was trying to do it, you know, trying to trade some of the depth to, to get more, get another stud. Cause in 10 teams, I like, I always, whenever we look at a 10 team league, I always like to try and just get another stud in that lineup because the talent um, is more concentrated with only 10 teams. So there's kind of a lot going on in what I put here because it's like, this guy or that guy, or you can add this guy. So what I put though was Ert, he is uh, Ertz and Higby. So I'd go Ertz or Higby. If the guy seems, if it's higher on Higby, I'm fine with either of them. And David Johnson to Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, for Kelsey. And that might not be enough to get it done. Uh, I put it into a couple of different calculators. One had it virtually even a couple had it on the Kelsey side. So, I, I mentioned on here uh, that I would be willing to add a player that's the equivalent of a second. He's got, I think, a few guys in that range, a, a T.Y., Le'Veon Bell, John Brown, maybe Brandon Cooks, uh, if the the other team likes that guy. But Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the team may be trading him to. Uh, definitely looks like he's trying to contend. He has a pretty good, solid team. He's got, you know, Kelsey, for instance. He also, though, has Saquon and McCaffrey, so he's really hurting it running back, and I'm sort of sort of leaning on the desperation he might have for running backs, and that's why I said I would start with just the Ertz or Higby and, and David Johnson for Kelsey and then add to it if you have to, which you definitely might, but maybe he's so desperate he goes for that initial offer because he's got nothing after those two guys. It's uh, his highest scoring running back after those two guys is Chris Thompson. And then he's got Jalen Richard, Duke Johnson, Frank Gore, and Tariq Cohen. So he doesn't have anything to start right now in, in a two running back league uh, until Christian McCaffrey comes back in a month. And then when he does, he'll have, he'll have McCaffrey and DJ um, and, and Ertz or Higby isn't a horrible replacement for uh, Kelsey. He, uh, he does have Goddard. I don't know if that's a plus or a minus that he would like having both. Uh, he also actually has Duke Johnson, so I don't know if that's a plus or a minus that he'd want having both. Uh, but 
that's basically what I was thinking there. What do you think of that one? I don't I don't think it's near enough to get Kelsey. And then when you factor in that he already has Goddard, like he's not gonna play Goddard and Ertz. And I'm not worried about the Duke and David Johnson. I just I think it's two guys where the community and arrows have been pointing down on. Like David Johnson still hasn't rebounded value wise um, from when he was in Arizona. And Ertz, everyone in, in the community and everyone knows that Ertz isn't long for being in Philly, and the performance is kind of shown through two weeks. That so I don't I don't think it's close to being enough to get um, to get Kelsey personally. I do think the other team it makes sense targeting that team because now he's he's completely he went from probably having the best running backs to the worst running backs just in the matter of one week. So he needs something. <laughs> I think it would have to be Higby and like a Swift or a or or throwing in Bell. Like if like you said, like if if you can get it done with adding Bell, I think that might might be able to happen. Um, I also think he might have to do like Bell a second, Higby, and um, David Johnson, and I would probably still do that. Just Kelsey, even in a non-tight end premium, he just the perception around Kelsey um, is going to help his value out. So I think it'd be a hard deal to get done, but he's got enough depth there that he could do it. Yeah. And I did say Ertz or Higby when I said, yeah, they no, were I know. Straight. Yeah. So, and, and I, I agree with you. I, I think Ertz or Higby and David Johnson is probably not enough. That's where I'd start. Like I said, just because he's going to be desperate for running back. I actually wouldn't have a problem upgrading to Swift. Like you said, and I think Swift and, uh, I mean, I guess the only issue might be that he's he he does look like he's contending, and Swift hasn't really shown out yet. That's the only issue there. I mean, Swift value wise, I think works with one of those other tight ends for Kelsey, especially in non-premium. He just might be wanting someone who might produce more. And in that case, like you said, even with subbing Swift in, I'd be okay with maybe throwing in a Bell or a David Johnson. That still leaves. This guy with Kamara mixing James White and whichever one of those Bell or Johnson he doesn't trade. He still, like you said, he still got plenty of depth. And then he has Kelsey at tight end, which is even better than what he already has. But that will do it for Find Me a Trade, which means that will do it for the show. So um, just to remind everyone, our Twitter handles at Dynasty FF Addict for me, at Dynasty Junkie FF for Dustin. The pod Twitter handle is at Dynasty Junkies. And uh, the DAP Network Twitter handle is at DAP underscore network. Uh, if you like what you heard, please give uh, a subscribe, rate, and review for both us and the DAP Network. We really appreciate it. Um, if you put something in the review, it lets us know what you think, uh, what we can improve on. So please go ahead and do that. And uh, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back after week three. Junkies out.